Through five weeks of the season, the Carolina Panthers sit at 0-5. They're dealing with a rash of injuries to key players, and they don't own their first-round pick in next year's draft. Despite all that, Frank Reich says it's not a rebuild. But should it be? We'll talk about it right now on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council where on Wednesdays throughout the rest of the regular season, I'll be answering your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions either at me or DM me on Twitter to get in on tomorrow's edition of the weekly Wednesday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase, last-minute tickets, lowest price Guarantee The Carolina Panthers sit at 0-5 through the first five weeks of the 2023 NFL season, coming off of a road loss against the Detroit Lions where they lost 42-24. to And let's be honest, that game was over after the Carolina Panthers were down 28-7, to turned the ball over three times, resulting in 21 points off of turnovers for the Lions on Sunday afternoon at Ford Field. We'll talk about whether this should be a rebuild. As Frank Reich, head coach of the Carolina Panthers, said on Monday in his day after press conference that it's not, but we'll get that to that here in just a moment. Let's first start off with the good, the bad, and the ugly from the Lions game, as we do every single week following the game. We talk about the good things, the bad things, and the ugly things, but let's go ahead and start off with the positive, because you have to try and find some positives from the Panthers' losses as it continues to stack up, and the mental welfare of the entire fan base is not in a great state, but I'm here to tell you that there were some good things uh, that came out of Sunday's loss in Detroit. Starting off with the second half offense, I suppose. Let's ignore the first two drives, five plays, then you have to punt, three and out, where you gain negative yardage. But the last two drives, albeit in garbage time, the Carolina Panthers had a seven-play, 75-yard drive that ended with an 18-yard touchdown pass from Bryce Young to DJ Chark. Then you look at the drive after that. Carolina Panthers went 13 plays, 75 yards, and that ended in a one-yard touchdown pass to Adam Thielen, who went over 100 yards on the day. So that's another good thing on Sunday from the Carolina Panthers and their offense. They scored three times, all on 75-yard drives. In the first half, it was a 14-play, 75-yard drive that went seven minutes and five seconds. A key response into that game where then the Carolina Panthers got a stop, turnover on downs. Then, unfortunately, Miles Sanders fumbled the football. But the Panthers showed an ability to get down the field and put and to put together good drives and score touchdowns. 14 plays, 13 plays, seven plays. It is possible. They can do it. You saw it on Sunday. Now, only one of those was when the game was still in the balance, but still got to take some positives. Carolina Panthers did not sit there and quit. 
The first team offense went out there, put together two touchdown drives to end the game there on Sunday in the loss in Detroit. Another positive comes from the rushing offense. Now, I talked about it yesterday. I wasn't all that impressed, but upon further review, all right, they did a much better job than it looked like. Uh, 23 rushing attempts for 99 yards, 4.3 yards per carry. Still not overwhelming, but Frank Reich, the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, did say on Monday that he felt uh, that they ran efficiently against the Lions, would like to run more. The problem was they fell behind 28-7, couldn't really afford to run the football as many times as they would like to, and they went up against the number one rushing defense in the NFL. The Lions are only allowing 60.8 yards uh, rushing per game against their opponents for the first four weeks of the season. They gave up 99 against the Carolina Panthers, so positive there still. The Lions have not allowed a team to go over 100 yards in a game. The Carolina Panthers came close and may have gotten there had they stayed more competitive, not turned the football over and shot themselves in the foot early on in that game. We had the game basically over in the second quarter, but Frank Reich felt good about that. Thought the offensive line blocked well in the run game. Kate Mays had to come in for Chandler Zavala. An update on him momentarily on the show. Uh, he had to come in for Chandler Zavala, and I thought Kate Mays went out, looked fine. They're at left guard. So that's a positive for the offensive line, the run game, and for the Carolina Panthers as a whole to have a better second half offensive performance, especially in the final two drives of the game, and to be able to run the ball effectively against what is right now and was heading into the game the best rushing defense in the National Football League. Over to the bad. Talking about the run game and one player in particular. Miles Sanders has not been good for the Carolina Panthers through the first five games of his Panthers career. So far, he has 61 carries for 190 yards, and that's 3.1 yards per carry, also as a touchdown. Compare that to Chuba Hubbard, who has about half as many carries, 35 carries for 154 yards, only, let's do the math, 36 yards less than Miles Sanders. He has 4.4 yards per carry, 13 first downs to Miles Sanders, nine. Chuba Hubbard has looked like the most more explosive player. He's looked like the better player and the better option for the Carolina Panthers running the football. Even the rushing attempts that have gone to LaVishka Chenault, who had five carries for 27 yards on Sunday, have looked better than what Miles Sanders has given the Panthers. Now, let me say this, too. I don't think he's healthy. Clearly. The fact that he missed all the preseason with a groin injury, the fact that that groin injury has popped back up on the injury report the last two weeks that has had him limited in practice Monday, Thursday, and Friday of the past two weeks and the way he's performed the past two weeks and all season long, he's banged up. I don't know when we're going to see the Miles Sanders that we saw last year in Philadelphia if we're going to see him at all. But right now, Miles Sanders is not helping his football team. The Carolina Panthers are able to run efficiently and effectively against the Lions, and they've had success in the past running the ball, it might be time to try and give Chuba Hubbard more attempts, to try and be more creative with LaVishka Chenault. I don't know, maybe even give Raheem Blackshear an opportunity, someone we haven't even seen all year long, who I think dating back to OTAs, you thought would have had a bigger impact and presence on this offense. Not like a massive one, but you would have at least thought he would be on the field at some point in time. That hasn't really been the case. I'm hoping that Miles Sanders can get healthy, can help the Panthers moving forward. But right now, the Panthers really need to think about how they're going to continue to utilize him as they've not gotten nearly enough production out of him in the run game so far this season. It's not all on Sanders. The offensive line hasn't been great. I understand that. Defense was able to load the box. The passing game hasn't been threatening as far as going vertical, so why would you be worried about wide receivers that the Panthers aren't going to take any shots? I understand all that. Miles Sanders has got to be better. He's probably banged up, but the Panthers need to understand that, hey, if he's not healthy, get someone else out there to help this rushing game and give Bryce Young some sort of 
balance offensively. Um, the run defense, another thing that was bad on Sunday, and it's been bad all season long. Uh, the Lions rushed 27 times for 157 yards, 5.8 yards per carry. This defense that the Panthers run, this 3-4 scheme, that the base, that's more, it's like a Vic Fangio scheme that Jero Vero's brought in, has really brought, has a lot of light boxes. And the Carolina Panthers have not been good enough up front with Derek Brown, who has to play basically every snap, and it's not a criticism of him, but Sean Williams of Shy Tuttle losing Shaq Thompson obviously hurts Carolina Panthers, but they have not been nearly good enough against the run this year. They have been downright awful against the run. They're gonna they're one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. If it's scheme, they got to figure out a way for the Panthers to do better against the run. Like if you don't have Shaq, I understand that, but they have to figure something out. As for as good as a Jero Vero is and as much as people appreciate what he's been able to do with the defense despite all the injuries that's something that has to change and I wonder even if healthy would they be better against the run uh, so far they're allowing teams to produce uh, successful runs on 48.6 percent of their attempts which is third worst in football they also rank 30th in first downs allowed with 42 their last in both touchdowns allowed of nine and yards after initial contact per rush at 2.42 those numbers from bill barnwell of espn.com that is bad so the carolina panthers run defense got to do better they have allowed at least 130 yards against every single team that they played this season including the vikings who are not a good running team now to the ugly uh turnovers three turnovers Led 21 points there in the first half and basically ended the game. You think back to week one against the Falcons, three turnovers, 17 points. You think back to a week prior against the Vikings and that turnover there in the third quarter, which completely changed the game and led to a Vikings victory. The Panthers took care of the football. They have a chance to be two and three. Who knows? Maybe even three and two. But so far, they have not taken care of the football. They have eight turnovers that have led to 45 points for their opponents. They're 25th in the NFL currently in turnover differential at minus four. That is bad. That must change because this team, as we've seen, is not good enough to overcome that amount of turnovers. And their defense is too banged up. And even when they were healthy week one, have not been good in sudden chain situations and have not been able to keep opponents' offenses out of the end zone following a turnover. That must change if the Carolina Panthers are going to, I don't know, win a football game. Pre-snap penalties. We saw it in Seattle, saw it again on Sunday against Detroit. They had six of them. Frank Reich liked a lot of what he saw from the offense, but that's one thing he said is unacceptable. That has to change. I believe he said a couple weeks ago in Seattle that it was pathetic, yet it continues in Carolina. Don't understand how that could be the case. You did see one of them where the Panthers jumped off sides on a fourth and one. Brian Burns then went to the sideline, slammed his helmet, was out for two plays. He's a guy who's sick of losing, and he's sick of seeing guys like Nick Thurman, who, why is he on the roster? And let's go back to the run defense for a second, guys. So the Carolina Panthers get rid of Mark McCall, who currently not on a roster, failed a physical in, in um, New England. So I don't know what the deal is there. Is that part of why he's not here? I don't know. But the Panthers said he wasn't a fit. But he was someone who was starting and could have helped them. And you saw last year what he was able to do when he got an opportunity. They got rid of him. They have Derek Brown. They have Shai Tuttle. They have Deshaun Williams. But the depth has still been Nick Thurman and LeBron Ray. And you wonder why the run defense has been that bad. And you see Nick Thurman, who has not done anything positive for the Carolina Panthers, having a procedural penalty. That has to stop. For the Carolina Panthers, again, if they want to, I don't know, win a football game. And one final thing, the spread. The Carolina Panthers are not just 0-5 overall. They're 0-5 against the spread. 
They've been underdogs in every single game, and they have yet to cover, and that is concerning. As they say, uh, good teams win, great teams cover. Okay, bad teams lose. What does it mean if you also don't cover in those losses? Whatever the definition of that, that is right now the Carolina Panthers as they sit at 0-5 heading into their final game before the bye down to Miami as they're going to face off against a very good Dolphins team on Sunday afternoon down in Miami Gardens, Florida. And thinking about that, the Panthers likely going to be 0-6 heading into the bye week. Frank Reich spoke to the media on Monday, as he tends to do after every single game played on a Sunday, and he said that this is not a rebuild. But he also said that David Tepper is not an owner who's going to sit idly by. So what does that mean? And should this be a rebuild for the Carolina Panthers? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you of killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets of game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Apply again, create an account, and redeem code locked on NFL. That's L O C K E D O N N F L for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The past two Sundays, following Carolina Panthers' losses, I've talked about it on the reaction show and asked you all this question. So when did the Carolina Panthers get their first win? It was not Sunday against Detroit. It's likely not going to be this Sunday against Miami. So they're going to head into the bye at 0-6. And when you head into the bye at 0-6, there are going to be a lot of questions asked. And there's also going to be things that need to change. So what will be those things that change on Frank Reich's coaching staff and within this organization? Frank Reich spoke to the media on Monday, following the Carolina Panthers' 42-24 loss in Detroit. And he let us know that he has weekly conversations with David Tepper. They used to be on Monday, but Mondays have been very busy, especially considering the Carolina Panthers are watching a lot of tape, trying to figure out how can they win a game. But now they've been regular meeting on Tuesday, and he was asked to give some details on what goes on in those meetings. He said that David Tepper, he wants to bring a winner to the Carolinas. We've heard that one before has yet to happen and that he wants to do it now. Okay. Would love for that to be the case, Dave. Uh, he's super competitive and he's not going to sit idly by and Frank Reich said he wouldn't characterize those meetings as being fun. I would certainly hope they wouldn't be fun considering that David Tepper spent $2.25 billion liquid for a horrible franchise, his fault, and that right now the coach that he has replaced, the first coach who was a complete disaster, appears to be in worse shape through four, through the first five weeks of the season. Not great. So David Tepper's not going to sit idly by. Frank Reich was asked, what does that mean? Are you in a rebuild? What is going to happen? Yada, yada, yada. And Frank Reich said that we want to build a winner now. We want to build something that is that can be sustained. Remember, Dave Tepper said sustained success. That's what he's going to bring to us after he fired Ron Rivera. Yet to happen. Um, we're going to try to build on good principles, 
build through the draft, re-sign your players, but then he gave the caveat that when you can, you can't always re-sign guys. So right now, Brian Burns waiting for a new contract. They haven't done it. So are they not going to do it? Can they do it? Not quite sure. But when asked whether it's a rebuild, Frank Reich said, I'm not calling it a rebuild. I think we're always building. You want to see some of your fr- some of the fruit of your labor uh, more than we're seeing it right now. And he's confident that they're doing it the right ro- way with the right people. But again, it is not a rebuild. But should it be? The Panthers are 0-5. J.C. Horn is on IR with no sight of when he's going to come back. Shaq Thompson's done for the season. Haven't even seen Marquise Haynes all year long. Austin Corbett probably coming off. He's going to be able to come off pup soon. Probably won't see him until after the bye. That would make a lot of sense. Brady Christensen out for the season. The wide receiver core has not been good. Bryce, in a way, looks overwhelmed. Maybe there's too much information being thrown at him. Too many cooks in the cooks in the kitchen. According to Jonathan Jones, who used to cover the Panthers for the Charlotte Observer, now is a lead NFL insider over at CBS Sports. He wrote about this on Sunday, saying that they're trying to, you know, dumb things down. While Bryce Young is quick to process and pick things up, maybe they're just feeding a little bit too much into his head so far, and that's leading to some of the mistakes that we've seen. Bryce Young make, like the two picks against Atlanta and the Jesse Bates on the exact same throw. Maybe the interception that we saw against Detroit on Sunday, although Frank Reich did have an excuse for why that one happened or really a reason for why that may have happened. But Bryce Young has looked fine, but he hasn't looked as ready as we all were led to believe he would be by this organization. Now, why is that? How can that change? But I just wonder, would the Panthers be better served just to understand that, okay, We are not going to win anything this year. We need to start looking towards the future. Now, obviously, you want to keep trying to win games. You want to be able to build whatever culture you can under Frank Reich in the time being. But they know that this season is not going to end with them winning the Super Bowl or being in the playoffs or probably even having a winning record. What matters is the development of Bryce Young, which is why we heard from Ian Rappaport about nine days ago, a report that came out saying that the Carolina Panthers were interested in trading for a wide receiver one. Now, Jonathan Jones, he has since heard from other sources, that's not the case. And I'm going to tend to believe J.J. more than Rappaport, considering that J.J. was on the beat here in Charlotte. So he probably would know a little bit more than Ian Rappaport. Not to say that Rappaport has bad sources. I'm just going to trust the guy that was on the beat and still passed out a ton of sources here in Charlotte. He wrote that despite reports last week the Panthers would be active in the trade market, sources tell CBS Sports the Panthers have little to no interest in trading legitimate draft capital away, which is the right approach. The Panthers had a chance to go out there and to potentially get a wide receiver one in the offseason after trading DJ Moore, and they didn't do it. They had an opportunity to go get guys like Nuke Hopkins, and they weren't interested. They were fine with Terrace Marshall, well, sorry, with DJ Chark, rather, <laughs> with uh, Adam Thielen, Jonathan Mingo, and this group of wide receivers, Hayden Hurst, throw him in there as well. They were content with this, and we've seen so far how that's worked out for Bryce Young, Frank Reich, and his Carolina Panthers offense. Hasn't worked out great. So it's smart that they're not willing to throw out those draft picks. And I had to go back last night and just kind of listen to what are the things I had said in the past when DJ Moore got traded away I had to go back and listen to that podcast and just remember what my reaction to it because I don't want to come up here and be, be telling y'all be bull when I didn't even say that in the, in the first place so I, w- I went back and listened to it and I did remember I was someone who did not like the idea of moving up to number one I didn't mind the Panthers moving up to try and get a quarterback I just didn't think any of these guys were worth the number one pick and that's what I said then that's what I'm gonna say now and also when they moved up to number one what really 
was the sticking point for me was the fact that they gave up DJ Moore, which probably was a sticking point for a lot of y'all. And seeing how DJ played on Thursday, I, I, I didn't watch it. I'm not going to watch Thursday Night Football unless the Panthers are playing, but you put on Amazon Prime. I'm not going to watch NFL, but he had a great game apparently. And that, of course, led a lot of people to DM me being like, damn, wish we still had DJ Moore. The Carolina Panthers put Bryce Young in a bad situation by getting rid of a very capable, good wide receiver. And now they're sitting here wondering, should they trade for one? But now Jonathan Jones is saying that they're not going to trade for one. It's a matter of what are you going to do? You're at a fork in the road. You're going to go left. You're going to go right. What direction are you trying to take this thing into? Is Scott Fitter still going to be your general manager? Is Frank Reich still going to be your head coach? Is Frank Reich, who says he want to be in a rebuild, what if they need the rebuild? Is he fine sitting here and having to develop Bryce and also understand that some of the guys that you have here, like Brian Burns, maybe you can't pay him, got to let him go. Jeremy Chin, who barely played on Sunday, maybe you got to let him go since you're not going to utilize him. Do you maybe try to trade some guys, get some picks for the future? I don't know what they should do. It's a product of three bad years of no direction to where I love the process of, okay, let's get an experienced head coach, an experienced coaching staff, and go get our quarterback. I appreciate the conviction that they had in going up and getting Bryce Young. Now, I didn't believe that he or C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson were worth the number one pick and giving up D.J. Moore, but that's what the Carolina Panthers wanted to do, and I appreciate them at least having a plan. I appreciate the steps that they took towards being aligned and things making sense. Because the last couple of years during the offseason, things just did not make sense for the Carolina Panthers. So while I appreciate that, we're seeing a lot of the mistakes of the past coming home to roost, where the Panthers have a quarterback now, but they've had to give up Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore in order to have the assets to get him. And now you're in a situation where you have your quarterback but you don't have the weapons around him. You felt like you had the offensive line, but Icky hasn't played all that well this year. You lose Brady Christensen for the year. Austin Corbett hasn't played. So the offensive line has taken a step back, and really a part of it is no fault of their own and of the Carolina Panthers organization. You have a defense that you would think would be ready to go. They've had untimely injuries this year. But now you're to the point where you got to figure out what you want to do with J.C. Horn, his fifth-year option. You need to figure out whether you're going to pay Brian Burns. Are you going to pay Derek Brown? Are you going to keep Jeremy Chin? There's so many questions there where that's a unit that's ready to compete, but the Panthers made so many mistakes in the past offensively that the offense is still nowhere near being on that same level when healthy, when you look at the defense. So again, should this be a rebuild? How far away are they really from contending? Because they don't seem to be very close. And even putting in Bryce Young, you're seeing that the receivers have a long way to go. The running game has a long way to go. Health on the offense line would certainly help this team. Defensively, they can't stop the run, so they need to be able to figure that out. So there's a lot of questions that remain. Frank Reich says it's not a rebuild, that they're always building. But what are you building towards? And when are you planning on getting there? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Because right now, just looking at it, for being honest, like I, we talked about 36 months, man. You got three years. The expectations really shouldn't be placed until year three, allowing Bryce Young to develop. But you need to give him guys that he can develop with, that he can have in the future. You look at the offense, like who are the long-term players of the Carolina Panthers? It's not Thielen. It's not Shark. Mingo, maybe? I don't know. You can't really say confidently any of the receivers are, any of the running backs are. Offensive line, you would like to say Icky still. I guess, I don't know about Bradley Bozeman. He has a three-year deal, really probably like a two-year deal. You don't really know who the long-term people are around Bryce Young. That's a bad problem to have. Maybe it's a good problem to have. 
But there's so many things that the Carolina Panthers have to get right moving forward after getting so many things wrong that it just makes it even that more difficult to be that sustained winner that they want to build here in Carolina. And I have to wonder, is Frank Reich going to be able to stick around long enough? Does Frank Reich even want to go through that if that is the direction the Carolina Panthers believe that they should go in? So we'll see. It's not a rebuild, but it may well need to be a rebuild. We'll talk about that plenty throughout the rest of the year, of course, during the bye week. That will make perfect time to go out there and discuss more of that in detail. Frank Reich, again, y'all, spoke to the media on Monday. I'll go over some of my takeaways from what he had to say on Monday afternoon here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose, no matter what it is, whether you're betting on the NFL, the NBA that's going to start off soon, the NHL, and of course, the Major League Baseball playoffs. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, I can't think of a better time than right now to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. Panthers head coach Frank Reich had more to say on Monday other than the fact that he does not believe that is a rebuild. We can question whether it should be and whether it actually is um, on our own time. But right now we'll get into some of the other things he had to say on Monday. The most important thing that he had to tell us was the update on Chandler Zavala. I did see it was Tom Pelissero, the NFL Network, came out on Sunday evening and did say that Zavala was discharged from the hospital and was able to travel back with the team, which is positive news. A very scary moment there at Ford Field in Detroit where Zavala very, you know, innocuous play. Looked like any other play you'd see in the NFL, but falls down, not moving. They bring out the, the board, take him off on a stretcher, puts his hand up, thumbs up. That's always great to see, but you don't know what it was, and it turned out that it's just a really bad stinger. So that is the fortunate news. They'll see how he progresses throughout the week, and there's a possibility that he plays against Miami. I just, God, I have a hard time seeing a guy play one week and then be right and get stretched off and come right back. Let's just wait till after the bye with Chandler Zavala. You're not going to win anyways. Think good opportunity for a guy like Cade Mays. Maybe we can get in on Nash Jensen, some opportunities there at guard. So Chandler Zavala travel back with the team. Again, we'll see how he progresses. It's just been described as a really bad stinger. That is great news. I know Leighton Vander Esch, I watched Sunday night game where the Cowboys got stomped by the 49ers. He also had a neck injury. That's always concerning with this game. And just, I mean, God, it's your neck, God. So, good to hear that Chandler Zavala is uh, doing well, considering what it could have been. Um, and then Frank Wright just stopped with the game as a whole. Just the two turnovers and that were back-to-back. That was what changed the game. It blew any sort of momentum that they had. And I talked about that yesterday to open up the show. The Panthers, they are down 14-0. They get a key stop after scoring a touchdown on a great drive. You think about all the offensive struggles, that's progress right there. Where you go 14 plays, 75 yards, methodical down the field, seven minutes, five seconds, score a touchdown. Loved everything I saw from that drive, especially some of the key third downs. So you give them credit for that. Your defense you know, gives up a couple yardage, but then they get a stop. The Lions kind of hurt themselves. Sam Laporta not catching that football right off his uh, fingertips. And then Jared Goff just not make a read quick enough. The Panthers get a stop. And then the very first play, it's a fumble. 
you just can't have that and not kill the Panthers. And then they, the Lions go down, they have 10 plays, score a touchdown, then Bryce Young throws an interception. Speaking of interception, Frank Reich said that the wide receiver, he didn't run the proper angle on the route, and that brought the cornerback back into play. And it wasn't really on Bryce. Bryce was already committed to the throw, so the receiver's got to do a better job of running the route. While Frank also said he wasn't trying to play on the receiver. Either way, quarterback, receiver, they both did not execute in a proper way on that play. That led to an interception. Then on the very next play, Ben Johnson dialed up some sick stuff and they scored a touchdown right then and there. It's 28-7. Ball game. Cannot have that. That changed the entire game right there. Much like last week with the turnover, that changed the game. Same case with the Carolina Panthers. Have momentum. They go down the field. It's tied 14-14. They showed the ability to go down the field on the Lions a couple times on Sunday afternoon. Didn't get to do it in that situation. They would have. Maybe they win the game. I doubt that they do, but it would have been competitive. Where instead, it was a laugher. Uh, some other things. T- Terrace Marshall Jr. did not play. I honestly didn't even pay attention to that. Typically, I talk about some of the uh, the snap counts, but I'm not getting into snap counts that much today. Uh, but Terrace Marshall did not play. And he was asked about that by, uh, I think, Alex Zeitlow of, Charlotte, of the Charlotte Observer. In Frank Reich. Flat out just said he should have played. That's my fault. Uh, that's poor communication by me. And that's one of those things where y'all talk about, should he be the play caller? If you don't know who's out there on the field, man, and you're not thinking about who you got to incorporate, then why are you calling the plays? Think back to Adam Thielen going out of the game against the Vikings and because he got a little injury. And Frank Reich didn't know that, so they call timeout in the first half. You have to be more aware of these things. So does it make more sense for you just to step back and let Thomas Brown call the plays so you can have more awareness of what's going on? Like, that's just unacceptable for a seasoned coach like Frank Reich, who has called plays in the past, calling plays right now, to not be aware of who is on the field and also to not be aware that a guy that should be a part of your game plan is not a part of your game plan at all. Terrace Marshall has a career day with nine receptions against Minnesota, doesn't play at all. And they said, it's a poor communication that's on me. I did not do a good job telling our coaches that, I, that that's what I would like to see. It devolved to, to what it was before Terrace had his injury, where it was just those top three and Mingo and Thielen and Shark and that no Terrace Marshall. I don't know how that happens. That's, that's the thing, where you look at how unprepared this team looks. You look at some of the discipline issues with the procedural penalties and in Terrace Marshall not playing. And it's not like I'm super upset about Terrace Marshall not playing. I didn't even honestly realize he didn't even play until that was asked um, on on Monday afternoon. But that's a thing that kind of makes you go, hmm, what are you doing, Frank? That that does not make any sense at all. So whew, we'll see. Offensively, though, he felt like they did some good things that they can build on. He, they got some junk plays. Bryce was seeing the field well, was accurate with the football. His decision-making was very good, of course, aside from that interception. He did say the first one was a fluke play. I, I said it yesterday. I thought it was a great play by Aiden Hutchinson. But damn, man. Um, then, you know, they felt like they moved the ball well when you take away the three turnovers, which is the case. But a lot of that was in garbage time. The last two drives of the game were both 75-yard drives, both touchdowns. That's a positive. But also understand that the Lions, they were like, okay, we already won this football game, whatever. Then Hayden Hurst, haven't seen much use out of him since week one. And Joe Person just flat out said, is this, this kind of how it's going to be? Like, you're not going to use him. You're going to pay on that money and not use him at all and – Frank said that they like Hayden Hurst. They're hoping to give him the ball. Mentioned the Tommy Trimble. He had that touchdown that they had a big pass play to Ian Thomas. So the tight end usage overall was, I guess, up. For whatever reason, the tight end that you want to see utilized on a tight end screen, if they're ever going to run a tight end screen, which hopefully they never do it again, would be Hayden Hurst. And that was not the case 
So, yeah, there's uh, some of what Frank Reich had to say on Monday following the Carolina Panthers 42-24 to loss there in Detroit against the Lions. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, make sure to subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council. It's important because tomorrow is Wednesday, which means I'll be answering your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions here on the show, either at me or DM me to get those questions into me now. And guys, I am getting inundated with a ton of questions. So if you want to be on the show, you got to ask a very good question. You asked me, stop asking me about Scott Federer, guys. Every week someone asks me, should he be fired? Should he be on the hot seat? I get that question every week. Don't have to ask that question. Uh, Brian Burns, should he be traded? Don't have to ask that question either because I get it every single week. So if you have anything new to ask me, please, at me or DM me over on Twitter, at Julian Council. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole as always. And you really need to do this now more than ever. Keep pounding. And I'll talk to you all on Wednesday.